Welcome everyone to cold day. It's January. I don't even know what day it is. It's 2024 though. So we're back. And it's a new year. I'm joined by Iad as always on the other side of the... I mean, this time you're literally on the other side of the table. Uh, on a separate table on the other side of the room. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So, first of all, how was your new year? I gotta, I gotta be nice. You know, I gotta ask you. It was nice. It was fantastic, actually. That's good. Did you go out? Did you have fun? Uh, yes, yes. I was taking care of my friend's cat, so me oh, and her, we had a fun. nice new year together. So you didn't take advantage of the free TTC, which apparently was a nightmare for a lot of people? I did, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Going there, I did, and it was a nightmare. I apparently experienced people getting the full like, brunt. People were getting, like, shoved and, you know, like, at Union Station, apparently there was, like, people getting trampled. Uh, it's just usual Toronto transit. Uh, train blew up, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the uh, e-bike thing? The e-bike as well on yeah. uh, Shepherd Young, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. fun- well-functioning transit system. Doesn't uh, exist here. No, unfortunately yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. As, w- as we've relented on the show, m- probably more than any movie podcast should talk about tra- Toronto Transit, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So, I like new things. What do, you, what do you think about new things? Do you think new things are good? I love to experience new things. But see, my, my new things kind of likability has kind of a limit, right? Because... I also like the classic. Like, I don't like new things for the sake of new. And I think often, you know, classics are good. Now, if fu- things functionally don't work, they need to be changed, right? You need new things if something doesn't functionally work, right? I'll give you an example. I re- I literally yesterday bought new shoes, right? So, now the reason I bought new shoes, not because they were new, but more just because my old shoes literally were just like socks. Right. So like there was no stability, no support. They're basically falling apart. They're all ripped and and terrible. Right. So functionally, I needed new shoes. So I went and I got new shoes. Now, when it comes to music, most of the new music I like is music, which is kind of, you know, takes parts of the good parts of old music or classic music. Right. Even even like I'll be honest with you, you know, we're both young people. Right. I hate young people. It very, they very much annoy me. A lot of them do. Like, I, you know, I think there's that older people just have more life experience. You know, they're more interesting people to talk to, right? You know, there, there is, there's a lot of, like, classics are not bad, right? Whether that be people, whether that be music, whether that be, you know, shoes. I mean, unless, again, they're functionally broken, like, like the shoes. Now, the Book of Clarence is... Is a, is a take on is a, is very much a classic, right? It's not a new thing, you know. You know what it, it's kind of like. I don't know. Have you seen Monty Python? No, but do tell. So Monty Python basically is I think it was five movies. Um, they came out a long time ago, and they're kind of these parodies of religious things. At least um, the Life of Brian, which is the one I'm thinking specifically in this case, and they're these satires kind of, right? They kind like the Life of Brian takes place in kind of when this, the book of Clarence does, right? It's about, or maybe a little bit before, it, it's, so it's about the birth of Jesus, right? And But it follows this guy named Brian who was born next door to Jesus, right? And it full like, it it, it kind of does that, you know what I mean? Like, it does mm. that obvious parody thing, right? Now, I, I can't even tell you when the last one came out, but it's been a long time, right? And I think generally speaking, a lot of those kind of heavy religious parody movies have kind of fallen out of favor. You know, you don't see them as much anymore. But I'll tell you what. 
there's no problem. Like it was never functionally broken. And you know, the book of Clarence comes in and just does that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And that's kind of what this movie is, right? It's a, it's it's a new thing, but it just it, it follows what worked. Like those movies never stopped working. You know, I love Marvel movies, but my biggest thing about Marvel movies is always like they take the the bones of sitcoms, right? That's how they kind of work. They they take the bones of sitcoms and they kind of just expand them a little bit, right? They're always meant to be these kind of sitcom type movies. And it's good because that's what people like, right? If it's not functionally broken, why change it, right? And I think arguably Marvel seen failure after they tried to change things, right? And after they tried to um after they tried to almost reinvent themselves if the thing that they're doing made them billions and billions of dollars, right? Now, I think the Book of Clarence is, is interesting in, the, in a number of ways. But it's not perfect. So when I say it's not perfect, this is what I mean. I'm going to use a little bit of an, an, another analogy here. Because, you know, that first one was just you know, top tier, right? You know when you go to a restaurant, right? A fancy restaurant. You know, you hear great things about the food. You know, and you're, but you're kind of like, okay, I don't know. I don't love fancy food. Let's see. Let's see what this is like, right? And you go in. I'm sure it's happened, right? You go to a restaurant. And you're like, yeah, I've heard great things. I'm not, I don't love this fancy kind of food they serve. But people say it's great. So let's see. You know, the menu looks great. You know, they describe the food and you're like, oh my God, this looks so good. Right? And you're like, I'm so excited to order this. Then you order an appetizer to start, right? And you order your main whatever later. The appetizer comes out. You're like, my God, this is amazing. Maybe this restaurant, maybe I just, maybe I do like fancy food from this restaurant at least, right? And then, you know, you're waiting for your food and you see other people get their food, right? And, and it just smells so good and it looks so good. And people are clearly loving their food and you're like, wow, this, this, this food is going to be really good, right? And then it's like an hour later, still waiting for your food, right? Because it's like they just, and it feels like everyone's kind of eating their food, gone, and there's new people now waiting and getting their food, whatever. And you're just kind of sitting there waiting for your food. And then your food finally comes. You complain to the, you know, the wait staff a few times. And you're kind of like, where's my food? Whatever. I've been waiting for an hour. Then your food finally comes. It's, you know, it's exactly the same as the food you've been seeing and smelling, right? And then it kind of gets in front of you. And then you take a bite. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it, it may be the same food. And maybe it is great. But it just doesn't taste the same when you've been waiting an hour for it. And you've seen other people eat it. And then you've and you've seen and you've been smelling the same food for an hour, right? You know it, and you had the appetizer so long ago. You're kind of like, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of over this now. You know, it looked good. I was really excited, and it just it just I had to wait an hour for this food. Like, I it kind of loses that punch, you know. I'll tell you, that's what this movie also was like, because this movie, so this movie's two hours and sixteen minutes long. Now, that doesn't seem long for a modern movie when you're looking at, you know, we've talked on the show about, you know, the possibility of putting intermissions in movies so that, you know, three-hour movies don't feel like a nightmare, right? But some movies aren't meant... And I, I, talk about this all, I talked about this when we talked about three-hour movies, right? Some movies just aren't allowed to be long, right? Like, they haven't earned the right to be long. You have to earn the right to be long. And I think that some of the worst movies are long. <laughs> like... I've talked about this, I, I'm sure I've talked about this here about Avengers Endgame, right? Avengers Endgame is a long movie. It doesn't need to be long. Now, granted, it does deserve to be long because it is the culmination movie and you're kind of like, okay, fine, you know what? You can be three hours long. 
this movie doesn't deserve to be two hours, 60 minutes. And further than that, it doesn't need to be. Because there's so many points where you have this movie, which is about, you know, it's a very religious movie to some extent, right? It's a parody of, of religion. Again, using kind of pulling up the Monty Python type thing. And it doesn't, like, again, it doesn't need to be as long as it is. It, there's so many points where they're kind of like, like, they're doing, like, Jesus is doing his miracles, right? And they're taking so long to happen, right? And then there's points where, like, Clarence, who's the main character, by the way, a little bit of a sidetrack here, and I'll get back, I'll get back to this, but, like, Lakeith Stanfield was unbelievable in that movie. Like, I mean, I don't know the last time I saw a performance. Like, an individual performance that amazing, right? Like, I, like, it's very rare where I'm like, oh my god, this, like, I'm just, like, focused, like, solely on one person's performance because I'm just captivated by every word they say, right? Like, it's very rare because when I watch a movie, I'm just like, you know, I like the story, you know? I'm just gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna, just gonna go for the ride. I was so invested in every moment of his like you know existence on the screen i like again i don't like i was like he would just switch from being funny to being like serious so quickly and actually i think the fact that he had to do that was kind of bad on the movie's part and on the directing of the movie and the writing of the movie but he was able to right and he sold it like honestly you put anybody else in that movie it's not gonna work i guarantee you this movie is I've come in here saying this was the one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. If you put anybody else but him in that role, because you just like he was able to. It's kind of like in in sports. I'm gonna go to another analogy here because you know we've got three analogies in the first five minutes. So, you know, you know when you're watching sports, right? And and I'll talk about football specifically here, American football. Um, and you're just you're looking and you're watching and you're like, man, that team is such a good quarterback, right? Quarterback's so good, right? Or that wide receiver that so good. But you know the team is not that good. But there's just that one player who's just amazing to watch, right? Basketball is the same thing. It's like, the team's not great. I'll, I'll use the Raptors, right? Raptors, you know? They're not a good team. I know that because I watch them every single time they play for some reason because I'm psychotic, right? But they're not a good team. But my God, Scotty Barnes is an amazing, fun player to watch. Like, I know the team's not that good. But you know how much worse this team, that team would be without him there? So much worse, right? Look, he's Stanfield's kind of like Scotty Barnes, right? The team's not great. Yeah, mid-team. Mid but my God, the team looks so much better when he's playing than when he isn't playing. And whenever he's not on, you know, on the floor, Scotty Barnes on the floor, you're like, just put it back on. Give him the ball. Just let him do stuff. That same thing was when, you know, they were kind of trying to focus on other characters. I was like, my God, give me Clarence back, right? Give me Lakeith Stanfield back. He's just, like, I, and I didn't know he was this good. I'll be honest with you. Going into this movie, I didn't know he was this good. I knew he was a good actor. I didn't know he was this good. No one, I don't think there's anyone who, like, it, it, go watch this movie just to see how good he is in this movie. Like, if, if and again, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about, I, I, I feel like I just left, like, a whole thread of, like, my talk complaining about how long it was, but, it's yeah, it's a two hour movie which doesn't need to be two hours long or two hour sixty minute movie which doesn't need to be that long was the point from before that. Okay, now we're moving on from all of that stuff. Okay. Now this movie involves a lot of miracles, right? Because obviously, you know, Jesus did miracles. Um 
and it also involves it's like a little bit like there's like there's this scene where it's like Lakeith Stanfield's character Clarence is talking to and by the way I had to look this up because I'm not like a religious I'm obviously or maybe not obviously I'm not Christian I'm don't believe like I don't you know I'm not religious so I don't know any of this stuff I am just talking on the basis of the movie and the five seconds of google searching I did to understand the entire most of the context around the actual um events of this movie right because I again legitimately do not know I know general stuff I don't know specifics enough to know how accurate to real life it was but I'll tell you this there's a scene where uh Clarence and so this, by the way I this movie is not like, this movie's not based on a true story. It just got a lot of true elements to it, is what the internet told me. So, this movie has a scene where Clarence, I guess this is slight spoilers, I don't know, goes to Jesus' mother, okay? Mary, right? That's, that's, that's how it works. Um, and is trying to figure out basically how to become a, the Messiah, right? Again, that again, that kind of made me think of Life of Brian, which is literally Brian trying to become the Messiah. But, um, and he's like, I want to know how to do the magic tricks that Jesus did, right? And so he goes to Mary's like, How did Jesus do these magic tricks? And there's this, they have this conversation, and she's like, No, you know, he this is a he he he's a he was a the baby of you know God, and you know doing all this stuff. And Clarence is kind of like, No. You know, it's kind of like if you saw someone, you know, when you know those people on the internet who talk on, on the internet, you know, not me, but like, you know, other people. And you know how they're always like overly critical of things and they kind of like, like poking holes in things. And like, imagine if you brought one of those people, right? Those people who talk on the internet and, you know, or, or one of those like Reddit conspiracy theorists, right? Or those like atheist non-believers, right? When you said them to this time period, right? And you basically had them talk to Jesus's mother. That's basically how that conversation went. Where he was basically, it, it was like someone who was, he was all like on Reddit talking about how God's not real. Because that's like Clarence's whole thing is God's not real is like 90% of his character in this movie. And so that's basically how that conversation went. Now, obviously hilarious, right? And... I mean, I feel like I'm comparing this too much to Endgame, and I feel like it's gonna I'm gonna insult people who think that Endgame is a good movie. I don't think Endgame's a good movie. Um, so this is the other problem I have with Endgame is I didn't like the tone of Endgame. Right? Endgame was set up because you know I don't we don't have to worry about Infinity War spoilers like you know now right? No, we're good right? So in Infinity War half the characters in the world die or in the universe die, right? Because Thanos snaps his fingers and that's what happens. And so like, you've got all the, like Spider-Man obviously dies, Black Panther dies, all these people die. It's a very sad moment, you know? I was crying, it was terrible. Um, Endgame was set up as like, oh my God, you know, at the half of the population of Earth is gone. People are going to be devastated. And then you go into that movie and the Hulk's making taco jokes about... 15, 20 minutes into the movie. And, you know, or maybe maybe it's more than that because it's like three-hour movies and my, my time reference is off. But, like, you kind of, like, that doesn't work with the tone of, like, half the universe is dead. We should kind of stick with that tone, right? 
And I'll be honest with you, this movie felt a little bit like that, right? You know, it was too long, obviously, but it also was totally incoherent, right? It Because as much as I talk about the Monty Python stuff, they also really tried to push some of those deep religious, you know, values and, and storylines, right? And when you have an actor, by the way, who's as dynamic and as good dramatically as Lucky Stanfield as your star, you got to do that. Like, you, you can't fault the movie for doing that, right? Because you have someone who's dynamic who can play a dramatic role, so you go for that. But if you're going to do comedy, you can't, you've got to find... Like, it's very hard to go between dead serious, like, you know, taking yourself super seriously and just having... And just, like, you know satire like you know what i mean you can't just switch between the two in the same movie and sometimes within the same scene like you can't do that right you have to kind of choose a tone and you can obviously you know diverge a little bit in terms of what the tone is but you got to choose a tone you got to stick with it right you got it like to some extent you got to stick with some general tone of the movie is it going to be a movie that takes itself super seriously or not right otherwise you just get a mess and I think, you know, I'm talking a lot about the negatives. I still, again, as I said off top, I like I thought it was good. I like, you know, when people when you bring back kind of the new, the old kind of, I guess bones of a movie, and and you kind of put some new stuff around it, right? I thought there was a great performance in this movie. Now the other great thing about this movie was Jay Z. So Jay Z, he's a pretty good music producer, you know. I think Jay Z probably. You know, one of those, he's definitely in that tier of people, you know, who makes great music, sure. But man, when you let him produce something, it's different level. So Jay-Z produces the Super Bowl, has produced at least the last few Super Bowl halftime shows, right? I mean, outside of like the Justin Timberlake one, they've all been good. Justin Timberlake's a moron and should never be allowed to, um, literally should never be given a public platform generally. But, you know, he, unfortunately he is. And by the way, one of the worst Super Bowl halftime shows ever was that one so i'll tell you jay-z great producer and so for this movie you know what they did they said hey jay-z do you want to do all the music parts of this movie and it's a it's a again it's a religious movie i'll tell you jay-z killed it man like you could tell his fingerprints are all like there's this one scene in particular right it's probably the most outright musical scene in the movie where they're literally dead like it's a choreographed dance behind music i'm telling you that felt like something jay-z was behind like it was just like unbelievable like it, it, again you know as much as this movie it was kind of brought together a little bit chaotically if you go and you pull out those specific parts like if you pull out that one scene and there's a few other scenes similar if you pull out, I mean, anything where Lucky Stanfield's, like, doing something, right? You've got such a, like, it looks so good, right? By the way, I think the trailers actually have done this movie such a disservice because they don't, they try to, like, they don't just highlight either, you know, the Jay-Z element, right? Or the Lucky Stanfield element. They kind of, like, I, I feel all the trailers have been really badly cut for this movie. I mean, I think you've seen a few of the trailers. I don't know. Like, do you, based on how I'm describing this movie, do you kind of see, like, do you feel like that's being portrayed at all in these trailers? No. No, definitely not. Because, like, I watched, I, I on New Year's, as I, well, I had, obviously, the thing, the, you know, the ball drop thing on, on the TV, right? 
obviously that got to commercials, and one of the commercials was for the Book of Clarence, right? Obviously, the movie we're talking about. I watched, and I was watching. I'm like, and I was like, mm, yikes, this might be a rough one, right? And again, I didn't think it was as bad as I like as bad as that. Like, you know, I don't think the trailers did a great job cutting it. And again, like if I could go, like if now if I could go and I could tell them, okay, this is how you cut your trailer. I mean, I would just have that one dance scene probably like as the trailer. But you know, also the other thing which maybe factored into it. Apparently, m- musicals don't make people like selling a movie as a musical makes people not want to watch it. Which is weird to me because, I mean, I think everyone loves La La Land. That was sold as a musical, right? I don't, I never understood the hatred toward like musical elements of movies. I, I, I think it's weird. And I, there was this thing that came out over the last few weeks where they're like, oh, yeah, studios don't really like selling movies as musicals or selling the musical elements of movies. And I'm like, makes no sense to me. Now, there's a few other things I want to talk about with this movie. Um, the ending is a little bit rushed, and I think, and I maybe, it maybe it's rushed it and lackluster because again, you know, all these things takes like it takes so long to get to that ending that it's kind of like again, it's that it's that is that you know you finally get your meal after waiting and it's kind of like oh, you know, that was unfortunate. You know, like it would have like if you cut out some of like the, there's so much people walking and it's people talking and and it's just stupid conversations, right? Like, and it's just stupid things that happen. And it's like, why are you doing this? I don't need to. Like, so part of this movie, and again, this is kind of a spoiler, but like, Lakeith Stanfield's character, Clarence, needs to pay back this dude, right? Who he owes money. And he can't do it. And so he's trying, like, and he, so he decides, you know, the best way I'm going to do it is, first he tries to, like, become one of the apostles of Jesus because, you know, that's how, how it works, right? Um... But then that doesn't work because obviously he doesn't believe in God. And, you know, that's one of the prerequisites for being an apostle of Jesus is believing in God. So he decides, you know, I'm going to become the new Messiah, right? Because the God's not real because all, why would he allow all this suffering? And you kind of like, you're, you sit, you're sitting there and you're like, first of all, you're sitting there and you're kind of like, this guy's really on to something here. Like, you know, and it's interesting because, again, I don't want to spoil the ending of the movie at all. But you kind of see that with how it ends. Where it's kind of like, you know how many religious people, like, how many people who truly, like, like, this movie is meant to trigger people. The, you know, the white Christian fundamentalists who exist on the internet. Like, this movie is meant to trigger them. And it's going to do that, I guarantee you. Uh, there's one other reason I'll tell you in a minute. But, um, this, like, they kind of, like, you know, he kind of makes a lot of logical points, right? And he starts, but then they do this thing, right? Where they, it's it's not really a montage. It's more of like an extended, like it's kind of I don't know what the, I don't even know what the opposite of a montage would be. It's but it's kind of like it's I mean I guess it's kind of like an extended montage really of like him trying to like convert people into his cult or his new religion or whatever. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like okay, I get it. I understand that why you're doing this. I don't need this. You don't need to show him, again, saying basically the same things multiple times to people in order for me to understand that he is trying to convert, like, trying to convert people into his religion, right? Like, you could show me one 
you can show me two. You could even do you know you know in movies sometimes they'll cut things together, right? So like it looks like it's they're saying the same sentence, right? But they're doing it in different places, right? And so it's kind of showing look, he's saying the same thing to all of these different people and it's working, right? You, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I'm I'm explaining this well, but you know, they, they do that, right? Or they'll do have like mirrored conversations where like, you know, two people are talking, right? And then but then halfway through, it switches to two other people, but they're saying the same thing, right? So, you know, they're having the same conversation with two different people. Like, they could, like, those kind of techniques really cut off time in movies and really, like, they don't, it, again, it's kind of overshowing stuff. You don't need to show me all this stuff. I'm smart, you know? I, I, I can in, infer from, you know, half of this what he's doing. And, and there's nothing, there's, in, in most of these scenes, and again, this is like 10 minutes of the movie, which, you know, you cut it down to two hours and six minutes, you legitimately maybe look at a completely different movie, right? Now, again, you cut down some of the humor stuff that kind of got a little bit out of, you know, sorts, then you're probably also pretty happy, but I don't know. I'll also tell you this, though. I'm just trying to think how to say this. Um, anytime you talk about religion, you know, you gotta be careful because you're getting people mad. Um, this movie gets people mad. I think intentionally so, right? Obviously, you know, it's a very black-centric movie, right? You know, Jesus in this movie, I don't know if this, this is probably not a spoiler, Jesus in this movie is black, you know. Um, Clarence, obviously, is black. Obviously, if, you, if anyone who knows anything about uh, geography um, or history or both knows that, in all likelihood, considering the fact that um, Jesus was born in the Middle East. He was not white. Right? Like, I think that's pretty common. Like, I don't, I don't know. Is it, I, that might, I might be breaking news here, but um, a guy born in the Middle East probably wasn't white. Um, but I'll tell you what. There's this moment. Okay, so this is a little bit of a spoiler. So, spoiler warning, kind of. I just need to talk about this, so I'm going to spoil it. So just, like, skip ahead 10 seconds if you're worried about spoilers. Or maybe, like, a little more than that. Just skip ahead a little bit. Anyways. There's this scene where... So there's this guy at the beginning of the movie, right? He's kind of covered in ash. You know, this dirty homeless person, right? That's the idea. And he's begging for money, and he's kind of ignored by everyone. Kind of shoot away, right? At first, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I thought that was going to be the Jesus. That was going to be Jesus until they showed him, like, five seconds later. Um... Because they're like, oh, you know, they're going to do the whole thing. Or it's like, oh, you didn't actually, re you know, you weren't doing something that was morally right. And, you know, now you're going to be punished for it or whatever, right? No, that's not what they did. So this guy was just, I mean, kind of. Anyways, so they, this guy, this homeless guy, right? Now Jesus is trying to figure out what to do, um, you know, and he's trying to, like, you know, figure out how he's going to stop himself from getting crucified and dying um, because that's bad. And he... You know, or he's trying to figure out what God wants him to do, whatever. He's doing his thing, and he's walking down the street, and he sees this homeless guy, right? This guy that multiple people shoot off, right? And so, and he's like, you know, I need some money. Can you give me any money? So he puts a coin in his hand, right? Jesus puts a coin in this guy's hand. The coin becomes like a lot of coins, right? And now I'm not, this kind of is implied in the movie, so I'm going to make a little bit of an like a little bit of a guess here. Uh, like, this is a little bit of me inferring things that I might be reading wrong, but, um, Basically, he this guy goes to this this beauty store salon, whatever, right, and says, "Look, I've got money now, like the coin, because he puts the coin in his hand, it becomes like a lot of a lot of coins, right? It just multiplies because that's magic, and that's what Jesus does. He does magic, 
Um, so he goes in, he's like, just make, clean me up. Make me look good, right? So then they clean this guy up and he walks out. Now he's got this long, you know, almost blondish hair, right? You know, kind of light brown blonde hair. You know, he's got, a, he's got, he's wearing like a nice white robe with like a little bit of red. You know, he's got like a beard. Oh, and this guy's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, by the way. Um, but you know who he looks like? Looks a lot like Jesus. But not the, not the Jesus in the movie. I mean, the Jesus you see in like the pictures, right? You know, the, the guy, the white guy with the hair and the, you know, the beard and all this stuff, right? He, I'm anyone who just think Jesus now. Okay, there you go. That's what, he, that's what he looks like. So, and it's interesting because my assumption is that he, that this Jesus was the person who the Romans found. Well, they do crucify him, right? Because he looks like Jesus, I'm assuming. And we see him getting crucified. We don't know. We're assuming it's because he looks like Jesus, right? He's getting crucified along with Clarence. I'm pretty sure. Now, I'm going to read this the way I want to read this, okay? And part of that is my own religious beliefs, but whatever. I'm pretty sure that this is, to some extent, the uh, a way for them, at least to subtly hint, maybe Jesus didn't actually come back to life, right? And maybe it was just somebody else who died. And I like that. I like that. So I'm going to roll with that, even though that may not be what they're implying at all. Um, but it was, it's funny because when this guy's getting crucified, there's a guy, paint, the camera pans out, and there's a guy painting, right? And the, the guy looks like Jesus, but is really just some homeless dude, right? Says, you know, basically, like, why are you painting me? Or, or thank you for painting me or something, right? And it's funny because, you know, obviously that's the implication to, oh, like, that's a reference, sorry, to, like, how everyone sees Jesus as white. It's like, you know, maybe that was, you know, the real Jesus wasn't white, right? And it's kind of like, again, like, that kind of stuff really makes people angry, right? Because people in their minds... Again, you know, white Christian fundamentalists who are on the internet talking, and we're gonna definitely like there are gonna be people who hate this movie because they believe because the movie says Jesus was black. Again, even though every piece of scientific evidence suggests that that's correct, there are people who are gonna be mad. And this movie kind of makes fun of that, right? By showing this white guy who's like, obviously no, he like, he's just some random homeless dude, but everyone thinks he's Jesus because you know he looks. And even, like, when he's walking down the street, like, Ben Cumberbatch walking down the street as this guy, like, you know, all Jesus-like, everyone thinks he's Jesus, right? And it, it's funny because, like, you think narratives and, you know, it would be funny if that... Honestly, when, you know, do we know if the paintings of Jesus are accurate? I mean, we kind of have... Again, I mean, we do have evidence to suggest that's not true, but we'll never know for sure, so it's funny that they're gonna kind of make people angry because, again, people are gonna get pissed off about this. Um... Now, that's the only spoiler thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it was a good movie. I don't know how long. I don't know. What's, what's the timing at? We are 31 minutes. Wow, look at that. I was thinking 30 minutes in my head, and it's 30 minutes over here. So with that being said, uh, the movie release, Book of Clarence releases on January 12th. Again, even if you're not a religious person, I'm not a religious person. Lucky Stanfield is just worth going to watch this movie. Like, just to, just to see him on screen, it's worth watching this movie. And, again, you know, this is a perfect January movie because, frankly, no one releases great movies in January. Now, granted, this January, there's a few things, but 
you know. Most generally speaking, you know, studios don't release movies in January because January is kind of the dead month for movies, right? You know, everyone's still kind of, you know, we're literally in the middle of award season right now for last year's movies. No one's watching new movies, right? So I think this is definitely worth the watch. Um, you know, I think kind of the directing in this movie is questionable, but other than that, everything, everything else is great, right? Like, you know, outside like totally holding it all together was kind of being kind of a mess. Um, you got a great performance, you know, again, very much a performance very much worth the price of admission right to the movie you've got jay-z making this movie again work to some extent in certain scenes and yeah you got uh, again the supporting cast pretty good too right like you've got um anna diop who's i don't know have you seen titans no so she's starfire from titans oh yeah, okay. so she's Starfire from Titans. She's in this movie. She's like the main love interest. She's good. Um, Caleb McLaughlin. I don't know. Have you seen Stranger Things? No. Uh, so she, I haven't seen it either. Don't worry. Uh, so he's in Stranger Things. Uh, anyone who's seen Stranger Things knows who Caleb McLaughlin is. Uh, he was also in Concrete Cowboy, which is an Idris Elba movie, which was at TIFF a few years ago. Um, and it was a closing night movie at TIFF a few years ago. Um, so that was that. So he was in that. They, again, they were both incredible. Like, I mean, or maybe not incredible. They're good, right? They did, they did, they played their role. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch appears in this movie. Um, Professor X, the from the new X Men movies. I do not remember his name. James McAvoy uh, appears in this movie. He's like, I guess, not. I don't. I don't. See, you know what the problem is? Someone's gonna mad at me because I'm. I should really know the basic structure of the Rome Empire, and I don't right now. Um, he was like, he's like. Not the em emperor, but he's like you know, the ruler of like this a the area of Roman of the Roman Empire in which this movie takes place. So I don't know. Um, it looks a lot like uh, he he looks he looks very different. Like it took me a while to recognize him until he started speaking. I was like, oh wow, he looks different. Um, yeah, but Gene Blackboy can act, so you know it works. But yeah, go watch this thing. It's Monty Python humor, obviously. Um, and but. And also a little bit of, like, serious attempts at things. And, again, you know, I didn't feel like it was preachy as someone who was not, you know, some hardcore Christian person or a Christian at all. You know, I, I didn't, again, I didn't find it preachy. So, you know, I think I think that's probably the best stamp of approval unless you're looking for a preachy movie. You know, this is not like The Passion of the Christ, or at least what I understand The Passion of the Christ is based on that one South Park episode because I've never actually seen it. Um... But based on the one South Park episode, I'm going to assume it's a very preachy movie. Um, but yeah, it's good. It just takes a little bit too long. But again, it, it's worth seeing on the big screen. Like, I'll tell you that. Like, they're, they're, like the, just the, the performance elements of this, again, you know, Jay-Z being a behind a lot of that. Um, and then also just the other sound design, right, was just, it, it's something which you're like, I, you got to see it on the big screen. Like, I think, uh, I saw an ad, like, um, a tweet pop up from Cineplex because it's the some amount of year anniversary of um, of one of the Monty Python movies, uh, The Holy Grail. Uh, I think that's what it's called, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And you know, as as someone who I'll be honest, again, I'm gonna hate for this. I don't care. Uh, as someone who's not a fan of, uh, or not a massive fan of, of Monty the Monty Python movies, I, I like The Life of Brian. I had to watch it. For school, high school, I'd watch it in high school. Uh, same with the Holy Grail, actually. Um, but you know, 
they was fine. I think this is better than any than both the Monty Python movies. Again, maybe it's because it is new with that kind of twist on, on the old stuff, but you know, it's a good movie. Go watch it. It comes out on January twelfth in theaters everywhere. I mean, there's nothing else to watch. So you know. With that being said, thank you all for watching or listening. I guess listening. Uh, don't forget to follow the podcast feed. We're gonna have more stuff coming every week probably yeah that's the plan uh we're gonna do some other stuff go check out cb media network on instagram uh youtube podcast apps as well for other stuff because if you want my instant reaction to a lot of things that'll be on those social medias um along with clips from this podcast video clips from this podcast um other videos i did my golden globe predictions which are golden globes are on sunday i'm gonna do my oscar predictions soon um, once the nominations come out, I'll do my predictions. So if you want to see my opinions of that, I'm not going to do any of that stuff here because I, I mean, maybe I'll do something. Who knows? Maybe next week I'll do something. We'll see what happens. We'll see what's on the schedule for next week and then we'll kind of decide. Um, but for sure, if you want predictions and stuff for that kind of stuff, go there. Um, if you want other movie instant reactions, uh, then go there. Uh, we'll do again, you know, you know, it's funny actually. Sorry. I know this side note. I don't know. If people want to turn it off now, they can turn it off. Whatever. Um, you, today, so it was six years ago today, I released the first ever podcast I've ever done. I know. It's kind of crazy. So I'm actually going to be doing... Um, I'm going to do a... Re- tonight, I'm gonna, or later today, I'm going to do a reaction to the first ever podcast I released. I'm telling you it's going to be terrible, but I kind of want to go react to it. I've never reacted to my own stuff. Also, I'm doing a lot of reaction stuff on, the, on that channel now. Um, mainly with some people who are morons on the internet. Done a few, um, roasted a few people on the Daily Wire for attacking Marvel for being too woke. So, you know, um, Daily Wire, very right wing kind of thing. So that's always fun. Yeah. So go check out that channel and then, um, subscribe here and everything's in the social media. So if you go to, um, the comic boys underscore on social media, uh, or just type in CB Media Network, you'll find it all. Yeah, I, I, I've been just been kind of saying things now. So we're gonna, that's it. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you next time. Bye.